0: Good afternoon, Wildcats. It is currently 4.02 and a hot 80 degrees on this fine Monday, April 2nd here in Tucson, Arizona. Welcome to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show here on 1570 AM Camp Student Radio. I am your host, Brody Dryden, here alongside my partner in crime, Eric Wong. Good afternoon, Wildcats. Brody, you said 88 degrees, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, if
1: my math is correct, that is 19 degrees too hot. It,
0: yeah, it's no. way too hot. Yeah, no, we're, like we're getting in the summer. It's We're not going to see many perfect weather days anymore. It's, yeah, I hate to see it, yeah, but,
1: to see it. But, but with that being said, Wildcats, we're going to dive right into this week's uh, topics today. we got to go over the final two contestants in the March Madness, and to no surprise, Villanova, been proving themselves as one of the best teams all year, mm-hmm. has made it. Uh, on the other side, though, a team that not many people saw coming, uh, Michigan, a three-seed, beating Loyola Chicago, crushing hearts, and uh, I have to say, though, it was a good game. Surprisingly, game. the better of the two, um, for those of you who didn't know, it was Michigan versus Loyola and villanova versus kansas and just to save us some time villanova kansas terrible game uh villanova yeah. had control the whole time kind of looked similar to us against buffalo raining threes kansas really just never had a shot mm-hmm. um and it's tough i think they set the record for most three pointers in a in a nc tournament game so it's like it was just villanova's day they were hitting from all angles but loyola michigan uh loyola had the strong lead going into half about a seven point lead And uh, it looked like, you know, we were going to see an 11 seed in the championship for the first time, a first-ever double-digit seed, making it into the final championship game. Uh, But Michigan came back with the the new uh, Dirk Nowitzki 2.0. something. Mo Wagner? Mo Wagner, something like that, uh, looking like Dirk out there, hitting threes, making passes, slamming it down. Came back. They took the lead back with about 10 minutes left to go, and from there it was all Michigan. Final score of... uh, Sixty nine to fifty seven. Yeah. Well, then yeah, Michigan.
0: They really had it in the bag. They had there, it. There was, was no the way they could game. lose that one.
1: So really, really an excellent game by Michigan, and uh so that gives us our final setup, and then we'll just dive right into that, Brody. Who do you like in that Villanova Michigan matchup?
0: I mean, it's hard to go against Jay Wright and the the Villanova Wildcats because how how they rolled, absolutely crushed. Kansas in that last game I I think they tied the uh, final four record for three pointers Mm -hmm. um in a game with in the first half of that game so um I think they're looking unstoppable they've got the experience on their side nothing nothing's there to stop them now Michigan has had one heck of a run but you know and so did Loyola Chicago and that um up until that last game but I mean, I I think Michigan taking on Loyola Chicago wasn't the best preparation. Oh, I'm sorry,
1: Brody. Breaking news. This just in. Oh, wow. uh, From an insider source, uh, we have just won the Zona Zoo, the most spirited— student section in the nation wow it was a neck and neck race between us and university of nebraska omaha yeah and we have uh just f- officially uh taken the crown so congratulations yeah cute the applause. Yeah, yeah we will is, clap
0: it up that that is awesome um sorry sorry you, to you, interrupt yeah no i think we won that back in like 2014 or something haven't won it since so that that's a big victory you know well we can uh we can rep that uh for, for years to come now Uh, especially on tours that's a good thing to say on on tours of the school uh that we have the number one student section in the nation so uh, yeah congratulations zona zoo um but yeah diving back into uh uh, NCAA tournament. I, I think Jay Wright and Villanova really have this one on lock. It'll be a great game. Obviously, I hope it's Mo Wagner. Mo Wagner had a uh, yeah one one hell of a game against Loyola Chicago. He, you know, he, he's a little you know Dirk uh, um, had younger days where he's a little more athletic, but Mo Wagner has an, an aggressiveness that you don't really see in Dirk. that Yeah, um, d- just to go off that comparison a little bit. But other than that, yeah, he's an absolute monster. I think I think it'll be a good game. You know there. It's it's definitely not gonna be easy for Villanova, but you know, just um just how how fantastic they've been playing all this entire tournament, you can tell they want it, and I, I think they're they're definitely gonna get it tonight.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh and it'll be it'll be an interesting game to watch. It's sad to say Mo Wagner Jr. this year, uh definitely making strides, but it'd be tough to see him playing really fitting in, in the pros in these kind of leagues now. Um especially when you have so many top European prospects coming over but definitely a great college star to be seeing uh so it's definitely him being the star uh for Michigan and then on Villanova's side Jalen Brunson uh and Mikal Bridges for those of you know Jalen Brunson won um the player of the year in basketball uh and he's got just uh what we referred in the biz an old man's game nothing will shock ya, uh just like a six foot six one stocky guard but like a guy you know if you saw at the wreck, he would put in some work. Yeah, He's got a bunch of moves, can hit the outside shot. Um, and from what I've seen, a, a late first-round pick. And then their absolute stud, though, Macau Bridges, dead-eye from beyond the arc, crazy long and athletic. He's definitely uh, the key t- if for Villanova to pull this off. But uh, I'm going to give Villanova a 7-point national championship win tonight.
0: You know, I that that's definitely respectable to Michigan. I think they'll keep it close most of the game, but um, I see it as one of those games. Villanova basically has control of the whole game. Michigan will kind of um, flip by the end, and you know it'll be more of a double digit. I, I'd give. I'll give it a 15-point win for Vill- oh, wow. Villanova by the end. I think you know it'll be a contentious game. No, no, it won't be a blowout the whole time or anything. But you know, but it'll be one of those type of games. But by, by the end, um, Villanova will will really string it out.
1: Yeah, and I think something that's interesting to note is now with uh, the teams that have gotten in the, the finals, like. Uh, there's shifting style of plays more to a three point similar to the Warriors. Villanova mm-hmm. obviously making a lot of threes. And even we saw with Buffalo beating us, how they beat us was with just mass amounts of threes that we couldn't defend. So I wanna ask you, bro, did you see a trend that we've seen similar in the pros shift also in the college basketball where teams like and players like Ayton kind of become less valuable and you start looking for the trey youngs guys who can just light it up from beyond the arc
0: yeah i mean i definitely think um steph curry especially and the the warriors have made an impact on you know the, the trend of modern basketball because um you, that was never really a, a smart um smart strategy just just to go for how many three-pointers teams have been um going to and, and i honestly don't see it still as being so obviously they're buffalo got past us but they you can't win every game you yeah. know obviously you'll get lucky and you, if shots are going shots are going but i i think you know the reason deandre Ayton is so valued is because he has that aspect mm-hmm. of the the long range shooting but he also has the you know he gets down to the nitty-gritty he'll oh. yeah he he can he can do do the you know intangibles of getting to the rack and getting those high percentage shots as well so i i think it definitely you know it's an exciting trend that um it has obviously changed the game, but I, I don't see it taking too much away from you know the value of um, getting inside and getting to the rack. Like
1: well, like, absolutely. If we know one thing about DeAndre and the man, can uh, get to the rack. So I that know. is you love to see that. But uh, you know. transitioning now, you've heard our takes on uh, what um, we think will happen tonight. Moving on <laughs> to some other college basketball-ish related news: uh, LiAngelo Ball declaring for the yeah. NBA draft. Uh, I think this is a terrible move. Yeah. I don't think – I mean, he's basically a one-and-done. For those of you who don't know, LeAngelo Ball, the younger brother of Lonzo, uh, son of LeVar, the greatest uh, businessman this modern era has ever seen. But not the best basketball player. was recently um, uh, almost arre- – well, was arrested in China for shoplifting. Um, was it
0: Gucci or Versace? I think it might have been Louis.
1: Louis, oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, like some Louis Vuitton, like a backpack or something. Uh, and was
0: he's trying to be the old Kanye? Yeah,
1: <laughs> and he left uh, UCLA, and they him and his younger brother uh, Lamelo, who actually has some serious talent, uh, have been playing <laughs> overseas in for this team called like Vitautis in uh, like Lithuania, Lithuania. Mm-hmm. But anyways, uh, the NBA rules currently are set up where you have to wait one year from your high school season to declare for the NBA draft. Well, it's been a year, and Lamelo has declared. Uh, I think it's a dumb move. He barely was. Uh, he was just. He was like a seventh or eighth man coming off from UCLA. Is a six-five
0: small forward. Really, there would be a shooting guard in the NBA. Yeah,
1: I mean, he he's doesn't have the size, and he's big. Mm-hmm. He's. Uh, I'd probably say like two thirty.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a husky guy. Yeah,
1: he's a stocky fellow, and like not saying we're calling him like unathletic because he he can all get right. up and jump, and mm-hmm. but uh, he doesn't handle the ball. He's yeah, he's a small it's forward. It's not all a, muscle. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. He's a small forward in a shooting guard's body. No, he's a shooting guard. No, he's a small forward in a shooting guard's body. Yeah. But with the body of a small forward.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could get away with that in uh, Lithuania. And you know, it was a really exciting, you know, headline. It was all over social media and even ESPN to see uh, the Ball brothers going to Lithuania. Um, something. You know, it's kind of a something you don't really see, especially from the the Ball family, mm-hmm. a, um, a family that's been. Uh, under the microscope of of the media as of late but um people kind of caught on you know you you expect the you know the team to um be in some kind of good professional league um that you know guys from europe always come for but they come from but they uh if you watch their games their competition is against some young like They're not, you know, Barcelona or Real Madrid, you know, those, like, soccer clubs that have, you know, that have top-tier European basketball teams. These are against, like, weird um teams that just don't have great competition i think um liangelo put up 72 points against a chinese team yeah that look at that, that that team did not look good whatsoever mm-hmm. like that's not something to brag about I think looked he like put, he was
1: playing middle school yeah really.
0: he, he put up like 51 shots to get those 72 points it, it like i i think this whole thing was just a sham by lavar Le- i'm a big supporter of the big baller brand yeah. and everything but this might have been a bad move because I don't think that's going to reflect as positively as they had hoped.
1: I think it hurt them, and I've heard some people, but like, say maybe a second round, like, like, but like, I could not justify if I was an NBA owner, unless purely like if you were in the tanks, like maybe a tanking team and just needed, you know, some revenue, because yeah. you know, if you draft LiAngelo, people will pay some money to go see some tickets. Mm-hmm. But besides that, I I cannot see any reason for you to willingly draft Langelo Ball and like you know I'm not saying all second round picks always pan out mm-hmm. and so maybe there is just like you know shooting your shot in the dark and hopefully something lands but uh, I think when you draft Langelo though you take on not just him but Lavar so oh, it's. Yeah. A second-round pick that you're probably just going to stash in the G League mm-hmm. worth LeVar Ball's Yeah, I,
0: I do have to say, though, that was a, a big concern about Lonzo, going to the Lakers, um, getting LeVar with it. And obviously, lavar has been very vocal. It probably hurt the team chemistry when he was critical of Luke Walton and whatnot. But I, I think overall it's been handled pretty well. I, I think, you know, Lonzo at this point, you know, there was all the hype, um, you know, with him coming out of UCLA and the, the draft. And everything but you know so as the season's gone on he he's you know kept it kept his head down worked hard he, he did have an injury and stuff but since then I think you know Lavar it might have just been him being um more focused in Lithuania with mm-hmm. uh, his other uh Lonzo's other two brothers but um you know I, I I wouldn't see that as the biggest concern there there's obviously um some with with Levar Ball but I think I, I don't think Leangelo is going to get drafted, but if a team, may, I, I see the Lakers giving him a G League Contract. chance, or at least a summer league chance, yeah, and, and seeing like what could happen, see how he goes against that competition, and because that's such an easy drop. My right. thing is though, like
1: summer leagues, like you know Caleb Tarzuski, Brandon Ashley, those guys were good starting four-year, three-year starting college players. Mm-hmm. LeAngelo couldn't even start, and grant UCLA wasn't a bad team, but couldn't start. Uh, for, like, he didn't start a single college game. Mm -hmm. So I don't even think he's G League level, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could see that not happening, but I, I see it as, you know, Summer League isn't always meant, it's obviously a tournament and you want to win the tournament of the Summer League, but it's not always meant, um you know, to, to win. It's, it's kind of meant to see the talent and, mm. you know, it, it would be a shame for LiAngelo to take a, you know, a four-year man out of, you know, a, a smaller college that really needs a shot in the NBA. But, yeah. you know, as, as the Lakers, I could see, I could totally see it happening, giving, giving LiAngelo the, the chance. Hopefully LiAngelo comes out with, um, some better shoes by then because he's oh. definitely got the worst out of the three of the, uh, Ball brothers. But, um, I, I think I, I, I could see that being worth it and you know again with the ticket sales you know in Las Vegas, I bet some people would um, pay a little bit more to, to see uh, Leangelo on the, the Lakers summer League team rather than some other um, you know yeah. not, not so headline worthy guys.
1: I hate to say it, but I might have to uh, cop some LiAngelo ball shoes because we have like a similar body type and we play similarly. Like big men who can shoot outside, but d- I don't know. You I might can have...
0: shoot. You can't shoot outside. Whoa! <laughs> uh,
1: you need to check yourself. But I might have to cop me some LiAngelo. But anyways, uh, it's just we'll be. We'll have to see, and it's interesting. Yeah. Um. Moving on, transitioning to some more NBA draft talk. What a smooth transition we've made. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Ayton now firmly on top. Many draft board predictions going on. The number one overall pick. It's still tight between him and. Luka Doncic and Marvin Bagley. But I think we'll see if the Suns or the Grizzlies get the number one overall pick. That Aiton should be the number one as of right now where mm-hmm. what people are saying. Yeah. Which is, you love to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, also some big names. Trey Young. Seen him slip to the late later. Not a top five pick. Yeah. But what do you... What, later lottery. Yeah, what do you think? And like Marvin Bagley, I top three. Mm-hmm. And then the big story is... um. Where Michael Porter Jr. will go obviously. Initially pegged as the number one overall. I had a season ending back injury in the first um the first few games. So we haven't really seen him but we'll have to see. But I just wanna know what you're thinking, Brody, um with some of these hot draft picks where you think they might get
0: uh yeah. landing. Yeah, I mean I think DeAndre Eaton no one's a perfect fit for Phoenix. I think I said that uh last week. they they're such a, a booty team, but um deandre Ayton and devin booker i could i could see them you know putting in some work uh, there's a lot of uh one two kind of um guys that could you know it, it would be like a fun 2k team they wouldn't be very successful in the western conference though um i i, I wouldn't like to see him uh end up in memphis you know no, like, that, would like be you said, that would be worse yeah with with marcus soul um i i I, I guess Marvin Bagley, they could obviously throw him at power forward, but mm-hmm. that, that would be a little bit of a weird I, – I, it's weird to me how bad the Grizzlies have been this season. Yeah, and they kind of got bad
1: from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like and they a, were a reasonable Western Conference team barely in the playoff picture
0: mm-hmm. to literally just yeah awful. I, I'd point it back to that um, – the firing of their coach. I wish I could. I knew his name. I, I was a. I was a big fan of his. Uh, yeah, he had some swagger too. Yeah, honestly. he. He was always out for his um players in a good way, and um I I remember it was a very controversial uh, firing, and Brian Winters? No. His, oh, that was for Van- David Fizdale. David Fizdale. Yeah. yeah, he he was a legend. Like I liked him. He he was he turned the Grizzlies. They were never like a terrible terrible team, but he. He brought him up, you know. He, yeah. he he took him to the playoffs. It's a real tough western conference, especially with um to, to battle through with a, a solid player like Mark Gasol, but definitely not a Yeah, and Mike off, Conley also uh, just like just he, Yeah, below. exactly. Yeah. So um I'd point it back to the firing of him because you know they were doing they were he was keeping the ship afloat. Yeah. And um it, it was definitely a controversy. But um I you know, Marvin Bagley, I guess he'd he'd fit in there, he's probably gonna end up there. But um, I think Michael Porter, Atlanta, the Atlanta Hawks have been an absolutely garbage team as well. Oh, so bad. There's not been a single bright spot that I could think of. I tried to
1: do a rebuild on, like, 2K. Really? You can't even do a rebuild. Like, I was trading... Trade override. You can put LeBron on that team, and they're so bad, yeah. folks. Like even video games won't allow the yeah. Hawks to be good. That's how bad they are.
0: Yeah. So I think Michael Porter. He's that. He's that kind of talent. You know, definitely not um, the type to turn it around in one year. But they are in the Eastern Conference. I could see him giving them mm-hmm. a little bit of hope, um, making a couple other trades this off season. So I, I could definitely see Michael Porter um, doing well in Atlanta. But um,
1: now, what I like to see though is. Trey Young, on uh, all draft boards, they have him between, like, 7 to 10. Uh And one of those teams is Chicago. Could you imagine Lowry oh. and Trey Young hooking up? With, I think that could be something. With,
0: with Zach Levine, Zach Levine, that, that, yeah. That would, that would be an, a nice— um, A young core that yeah, you could— Yeah, I, I think Chicago's future would definitely be bright um with that one. Because Lowry's been killing it. Yeah, um, he's definitely been a solid— pick at like what 7 or 8 yeah something like that but and you know normally when you get that even that deep they're not that effective yeah. um immediately especially as a big man uh-huh. um but you know yeah he's really shown out so i, I think Trey Young Lowry uh that that could be a great combination that
1: would be some deadly shooting too cuz you could shoot from everywhere Zach Levine i don't know keep an eye on for the bulls cuz i think mm-hmm. if Trey Young slips that far uh real good now point guard wise in the past you know last draft it was point guard heavy with Lonzo and Markel. this one it's definitely more big man heavy, but between the top two, Colin Sexton, Trey Young.
0: Who- I, I definitely, seeing Colin Sexton play here at McHale, um, I, you know, it's really hard to come in McHale and, yeah. and win, um, you, you could see the talent, but I, I just wasn't that impressed, yeah. and o- obviously I, I didn't have the honor of seeing Trey Young this season, but, um. It seems like Colin sexton had that hype before yeah. college and it's kind of carried him through That's like true. he was, he was uh, always he was, expected to you know yeah. and he, he has he has shown out um you know I think they made gotten upset in the tournament yeah yeah um but I I'd say Trey young is definitely over him just with how much he's balled out like, he was just mm-hmm. on highlights night by night sh- and for statistics it yeah. so wasn't even just doing uh, flashy plays he was actually putting up numbers night by night so I, I would definitely as a as a franchise I'd Definitely, rather have Trey Young on my team.
1: I don't think either guy is a franchise cornerstone, but I would actually take Colin Sexton. Now, here's why: Trey Young, you know, obviously led the nation in scoring and assists, uh, not denying that. Statistically, was a better player, but he. Fell off towards the end of the season, like was playing awful, couldn't mm-hmm. really bounce back. And because his stats were so good at the beginning, we didn't really notice. Obviously, Oklahoma lost first round. Yeah. And um, I just don't know if I love that and like how he responded. Obviously, the college season is shorter, so you don't have time to maybe rebound from some of those slumps. Yeah. Whereas Colin Saxon, even though Alabama as a team didn't perform as well, um, he was consistent mm-hmm. throughout the whole thing. And uh, it's kind of like he reminds me a lot of um, De'Aaron Fox last year, just ridiculously athletic, can't really shoot that well, but just so fast, can finish. Uh, And I think whether even though Trey Young's stats, I think it's just a classic dilemma of, like, Westbrook Curry. You know, do Mm -hmm. you like the athleticism and the finishing or do you like the passing and the shooting? Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. I think it's tough. Once you get down to that, uh, like I said, neither of these guys are franchise players. So I feel like you want someone who can, like, maybe draw more attention, I think, that guy is Colin Sexton, so I would take him over Trey Young. All right,
0: you all right. Well, well, moving on. What what do you think of Miles Bridges? Because this is a guy out of Michigan State oh. that I I think is very underrated. I think
1: he's, uh, if anything, I know he's underrated, but I think he should be more underrated. Wow. I don't think he's a lottery pick, and I've seen him in the lottery.
0: See, uh, yeah, he I, he's not projected in many to be a lottery pick, but I've been so impressed this year. Really? I, I think because I i am somebody who, who I think I look at character a lot. He has and good I, character. Yeah, he, he's been like a leader on that Michigan State team. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's kind of hard being um, that that's a school that always has a spotlight on them, yeah. no matter Matter what and I think Miles Bridges has um, do, done great work. He and he, he doesn't have the best statistics, and that really yeah. uh, drags him down. But I think that could be you know a guy who doesn't make an immediate impact, and that's why he's like falling a little bit lower in yeah. the draft. But I, I could definitely see him, you know, he's got the size, he, he's, he's kind of big though, yeah, but not in a necessarily. I think, I think way. you know
1: who he reminds me of, NBA comparison, PJ Tucker. Really, I think he's kind of a big guy, not the most lean. Kind of doughy, if I'm being honest. Whoa! Plays small forward, power forward, shoots okay, athletic-ish. I think he's just a he's like an angel. Because PJ Tucker looks like a thug. I think I think uh, Miles Bridges is just like a a more church, a more wholesome PJ Tucker. Wow! So
0: see, I'm I'm putting Miles Bridges like if um, you know if Trey Young's gone by by the New York pick, I would I would see wow Miles Bridges you know going to New York a few years down the road because. You know, the New York has still kind of been a nightmare even mm-hmm. with Chris Dobbs and everything. He yeah. could be their their next guy with potential to, you know, not make that immediate impact. But down the road, I, I I I see it. I see career backup for Miles Bridges. Wow. I think he'll make it in the league. He'll get some nice contracts, especially
1: the way they're paying backups nowadays okay. and bench players. But I think, you know— Honestly just career backup Miles Bridges that's my honest opinion.
0: Yeah and um now on the draft board showing in the very end of the tail end of the first round is Mo Mo Wagner um, from michigan i i could see him kind of if he gets this dub uh tonight against villanova i could see him definitely bumping up it's and... so fitting that they have him going to boston i know that... he's such a celtic
1: yeah uh yeah. like kelly Olynyk, aaron bain status what are those all men have in common? <laughs> i'll let you figure it out yeah. but uh, uh it could be interesting we'll see but i mean it's just you know draft you never really know and then yeah. like the nfl draft is coming up all of this is speculation yeah. who's going first what's happening the uh, we we don't even have enough time in this segment to cover it, but just know that uh, with the NBA draft, uh, you know, I think draft season is one of the most exciting times of the year because, you know, franchises can be changed like that mm-hmm. uh, overnight. Obviously, most of the time not, but, like... Yeah. the Browns will be. The Browns will be, and then just think about the Rams, how they were yeah. last year, literally from one year, and then now what they've done, they're considered the best defense in the NFL yeah. from just like that. So. I feel
0: for the fans in St. Louis. They were so close to finally having a, yeah. a, a great team and uh, got stripped from them. Just,
1: now that- yeah, just as they move. So mm-hmm. you hate to see it. But yeah. moving on, I mean, from NFL talk, let's hit some baseball. We are we are in the swing of things. It was opening day, and, boy, was it <laughs> fantastic.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's been a quite the eventful um, opening week now to uh, – the MLB, I I have to just say it right off the bat, the the Giants have been cheeks. Um, they they got a they got two dubs off two total runs to start it off, so it was like a little impressive, um, that they could do that. But um, the past two games against the Dodgers, they have been absolutely smacked. Um, it was embarrassing. I. Uh, whoa, whoa, okay. Let's uh, come, Evan man. Longoria hasn't gotten a single hit all you that. season. Yeah.
1: Evan Longoria has not been playing well. For those of you who don't know, I'm a Giants fan. That first opening day win, I was so surprised. Clayton Kershaw, arguably one of the the, the best pitcher in baseball, against our third best guy, um, and it was a 1-0 game. We just outplayed him, outpitched him, and it was fantastic. Won the second game too, but then yeah, you kind of saw the Dodgers' dominance and offense come in. Uh, I will have to say though, I think it's more optimistic once the Giants get their pitching back, and uh, they'll all figure it out. McCutcheon was looking good, Posey and Panic looked good, so early optimism from this first series with the Giants. I will say from your Mariners, Ichiro, I thought he was just uh like, like a one day comp- coach yeah. kind of guy. He no? got a
0: hit, he robbed a home run. Ichiro was looking good out there. Yeah, Ichiro was looking like a whole snack out there on the field. I I that highlight of him robbing the home run. I, I could. Watch that. I think I dreamt about that on repeat last oh. night because, my goodness, I, I am excited for the rest of the season. I could definitely. He's a 44 year old now. I I could see him um, pulling pulling a hammy or something, yeah. and, and uh, get, you know, getting some injury time. Uh, but I I, t- I definitely think the Ichiro move was smart. Yeah. Um, I I think. It's definitely. I'm optimistic about the the Mariners' season from here on mm-hmm. out. D. Gordon uh, hit a homer, um, oh. which is was surprising. But he, <laughs> he was looking like he he's been training with Ken Griffey Jr. and uh, there was a side by side swing analysis. His really? swing's changed. It looks just like Ken Let's Griffey. Get, I mean, yeah. but I think
1: that's different because you know D. Gordon is not a power hitter. No, no. matter what he does to a swing, but or Griffey was smacking that thing like Chris Brown. Yeah. <laughs>
0: okay, that was inappropriate. <laughs> but yeah, but yes. Um. Shout out to Freaky Friday though. That, that's a good Chris music Brown when Lil Dicky. Oh, that was fantastic. Yeah, I woke up in uh, Chris Brown's body, um, but I I don't I, I I'm definitely looking forward to the Mariners the rest of the season. They're going to do a lot better than the Giants. That's all I can ask for.
1: Yeah, you have to admit, I will say, um, moving on from one Japanese legend to a potential future one, Mm -hmm. Shohei Otani. You like that transition, don't you? Yeah, I do. (laughs) Shohei Otani, for those of you who don't know, hype draft pick coming out of uh, Japan. Chose the Angels and um, was kind of underwhelming in the the (laughs) spring. And uh, did not have a good spring training. Came out, first game, his first at-bat, first swing was a hit. And then after that went one for five. This man is supposed to be the next... Babe Ruth great pitcher great hitter and uh uh finally the took the mound uh, he finally took the mound and um it kind of made us realize why the hype was legit yeah I, he, he got six strikeouts and he got a win mm-hmm. um would you like to comment on this movie? yeah
0: it was against the A's correct I believe so yeah so it not the most you know impressive team to be thrown against but I, I definitely doubted um, the Angel's managing decision to uh, throw him in the starting lineup and I, I, and I was proven wrong because he he got in the triple digits. Um, I think on his ninth pitch of the game mm-hmm. hit, hit 100. he is looking like a stud. He, I think he had 36 um, swing and misses uh, by, by, which is, yeah uh, was one of the most, I think in the last 10 years by any uh, pitcher in their debut. He he was looking he was he was looking like a whole snack too out there on the mound yeah, I, and I I think um I, I think he's got definitely got a bright future he's got to kind of hone it all in yeah um stay consistent can't can't get too cocky with all the hype around him but I I definitely yeah. now now I understand I was thinking he should be triple A's um after seeing this he obviously has the uh, the ability he's just yeah. got to um, focus you know he's a rookie he'll he'll end up making mistakes yeah. it, it's the He's got uh, the, the big, juice, though. He definitely has the juice. He's My goodness. So Noah Syndergaard almost, um, you know, comparisons just because, yeah. you know, that starting pitcher, young guy that can uh, throw in the triple digits right off the bat.
1: Yeah, and then, uh, and but again, what makes him more enticing is that it's kind of, unfortunately, whether or not, not like how it used to be back in the 30s, 20s, uh, 20s, 30s, and 40s when everyone could hit. Mm-hmm. We've kind of given pitchers these pass, this pass on just being bad hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most famous example probably being Bartolo Colon, who straight up told ev- everybody, the media, the his opponents, like, I will not swing at this ball. Uh-huh. So he was basically just saying pitchers to almost just, like, lob it to him, and he wouldn't swing. Yeah. Um, but Otani is just such a threat, and it changes the way um, players, and I think he'll kind of be the example to show baseball maybe making all like pitchers have to hit mm-hmm. or implementing all DHs, Yeah.
0: Uh,
1: you know. so, Because uh, if you have a player who can hit and not someone who's just out there to take up a spot, it really changes the way on how you pitch to a player and play the game. So look out for the Angels just because having that one extra guy who can get you a base hitter and an RBI, mm-hmm. huge. So yeah. we'll have to
0: see. Yeah, I, I hope he kind of starts a trend. I don't know how, you know, powerful – it could be just one pitcher um, doing bringing back this style. But I think, you know, obviously in, in the past few years, uh, viewership and, you know, the interest mm-hmm. in baseball has definitely been going uh, down. I think, you know, this is the type of thing that obviously wouldn't uh, cure that entire thing. But definitely, you know, that's a, definitely an enticing um Thing to have pitchers who can smack the ball into the the crowd. But yeah, Ohtani I'll, I'll definitely be looking at his uh, next start probably uh, coming up next week to, to see how he shapes out. I mean, definitely definitely be a good good game. Yeah. Uh, good career to
1: watch. But yeah, uh, I think we're going to take a quick break on Brody and Eric's Super Sports Show. But when we come back, we're going to hit all sorts of interesting news, talk <laughs> about some more NBA talk, and how the playoff race is shaping up, as well as Covering some more MLB because, you know, the first few days of spring training, the most exciting times in baseball. We'll be right back on Brody and Eric's Super Sports Show. You're listening to (laughs) camp.arizona.edu or 1570 AM. I'm going to stop talking now. (laughs) Are you passionate about sustainability on Are you passionate about sustainability on campus? Apply to be a Green Fund committee member and help determine what sustainability projects will happen at the University of Arizona. The Green Fund, a student-funded and student-run grant program, is currently accepting applications for its 2018-2019 academic year. To learn more and to apply, visit the Student Affairs page, select Student Fees, and click on UA Green Fund. Applications are due by 11.59 p.m. on March 31st. Go Wildcat Green! Hi, this is Grant from Generationals, and you're listening to KAMP Student Radio, AM 1570 in Tucson. In Tucson.
0: Welcome back to Brody and Eric's Super Sports Radio Show. It is currently 4.37 p.m. Uh, you are listening to 1570 Camp Student Radio. Uh, Eric, what what do you got for us coming up? we got coming some more sports news to talk that about. that
1: lovely Irish jig that we had, just <laughs> had the pleasure of listening to. We are going to talk about some NBA basketball news. As we all know, the NBA regular season is winding down now. Only about six games left, and it is tight at the top. Your Toronto Raptors only a two-game lead over the Celtics and one game still to play against them. Brody, even as a fan, let me ask you: How confident are you in the fact that the Rockets? I'm mean, not the Rockets. The Raptors will maintain the number one overall seed.
0: You know, it'll it'll honestly be tough. It's not going to be handed to them by any means. The Celtics have obviously been a fantastic team. It kind of helps. I um, hate to say it that uh, Kyrie Kyrie Irving has been injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's given you know the Raptors definitely more of a. Uh, an easy pathway to that number one seed but you know the celtics are still an amazing team there's a reason why it's such a tight race and you know i i I definitely think toronto's got it though i I, it's not quite in the bag yet but um damar's been showing out Kyrie or kyle lowry has been showing out um you know it's it's been a full team effort actually you know you'd think of those guys but um valenciunas has just been a defensive monster um you know it's been you know Norman Powell it's been everybody Dylan Wright the the Utah grad um or I guess not grad but um former Utah <laughs> Utah player uh, they're they're just such a solid team I I'd see him taking the number one seat I, I see him taking um taking the playoffs at least to the Eastern Conference finals mm. you know it, it's always hard with the Celtics and Cavs in playoff mode um once they get there, but I, I, I definitely see them getting to the Eastern Conference Finals.
1: Well, I want to ask you now about the Cavs. For those of you know the Cavs have not had kind of an off year. They're the third seed, uh, and they're, they're it's really a two-horse race for the Eastern Conference because the Cavs are eight and a half games back, so they're not really in it at this point. But the Cavs at 47-30, and 30, the Sixers at 46-30, and 30, they are a half game back of the Cavs for the third spot. Can you see, even though Joel Embiid is hurt, with Ben Simmons and Markel Fultz beating the Cavs and taking over that 3rd overall spot that would be a tremendous jump mm-hmm. out of the playoffs to 3rd in the East
0: yeah i mean you know it'll be really hard without Joel Embiid he's like there he's the process you he's know he, process. he he gets them there i i think it, i would undoubtedly say yes like i i would bet on the 76ers mm-hmm. you know they they have a lot more drive they they haven't been there like the Cavaliers have and i think that would make them just like want that game uh, so much more yeah. um but with Joel out, it would be really hard. Um, I, I think for for them to get that. I I see I see it staying how it is. But I st- I still see you know the 76ers as a four seed. It won't it won't be too much of a problem. Indiana as a solid. Well, let me team. say this.
1: Indiana now. Is forty six and thirty one, so they're only a half game back of the Sixers.
0: I I don't see them overtaking it. I I, it? I don't I don't see, know what their schedule is, but just I'm just gonna say it. Half I, a
1: game though, like the Sixers lose, the, uh, the Pacers win.
0: I know, I know, but I, I I I wouldn't like that. And say say it flips, they'll still be playing each other. That's true. Yeah, it really I, doesn't yeah. Matter. So I I think you know Indiana. They Victor Oladipo's been balling out. Miles Turner is blossoming as a you know a, a young uh, center. Uh, that will surely be, I don't know about superstar, but a star of the league pretty soon in my eyes. But I I think 76ers, once they get Joel Embiid back, they'll go playoff mode. Mm -hmm. None of of them have the experience, but they're hungry. You you can tell they are. That's why they've been fighting all season. That's why they've been in the headlines so much because they've had such an exciting season. They they put out on the court every night, and uh, I definitely see them making a run in the playoffs.
1: Now what I would like to see, though, is the Milwaukee Bucks are the 8 seed they're going to stay the 8 seed that's mm-hmm. pretty established although they do have the same exact record as the Heat so they could switch 7 8 but i think whoever they play in the first round either Boston or Toronto now Giannis is a beast and he's he almost unguardable so granted you can't win a whole playoff series with just one guy mm-hmm. but say they can i don't know just some magic i think the Milwaukee Bucks are a tough tough 8 seed they,
0: they are they are a tough 8 seed and um Giannis is is a is a legend already. I would say, um, but I I don't see that them taking a seven game series against either the Raptors or the Celtics. Mm-hmm. You know, there there's a reason they're an eighth seed that you know this season. Uh, they've got a lot of talent. I see the future. the, the future is definitely bright for Milwaukee. But um, I, I I would I. I Admittedly, would rather see that as a Raptors fan. I'd rather see the Heat as that eight seed, just to you know, saying Toronto is the number one seed because I think they'd be a lot easier competition in the mm-hmm. playoffs. You'd have Jonas um shutting down um, Isaiah White White side, and um, I, I I'd see yeah the Heat as a much easier team to get by, but um, Milwaukee I still. I still see them as a developing team. Obviously talented, got some great guys. Giannis as their leader, but I, I just don't. Uh, I don't see them making past.
1: Now, moving on to the Western Conference. So it seems like the East, you know, besides Boston, uh, there's a lot of movement. But we'll see how that plays out and what who ends up being number one. But mm-hmm. the Western Conference, the Rockets have locked up the number one overall seed yep. in what has been James Harden's season. He is the MVP in my mind, no doubt. And is finally going to get it deservingly. He got robbed uh, one year. And I think, honestly, if Russ didn't put up the triple-double, so Harden could potentially have had three MVPs already by now. But he most likely he'll get his first one. And I can't think of a more deserving player.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. You know, James Harden has been absolutely balling out with Chris Paul in Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, got him
1: the number one overall seed.
0: Yeah. Um, I. But, you know, LeBron, he's he, like it's really hard to you you've seen lebron yeah. balling out it's hard to you know it's kind of a broken record yeah. um with lebron and being in the conversation of mvp i i, I still team uh, james harden getting the mvp but i, I think uh, lebron should definitely get some votes and make it somewhat contentious just because he he's worked real hard this season especially being this late in his career you know there, there's been a lot of turmoil in cleveland Absolutely. and i think you know lebron ha, has been the the leader there and so I, I think he definitely deserves some recognition. But, um, you know, when, I, when it all comes down to it, James Harden um, should definitely get it.
1: And then uh, the other note is Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, they brought in the big three of Melo and George and Westbrook mm-hmm. already there. This was supposed to be a big year for them. You know, they're finishing what it's looking like. I mean, although San Antonio is only half a game ahead, uh, they're looking like Utah Utah's only half a game behind. But basically what I'm trying to get as it's very tight in the middle of the West. Let me put it. San Antonio seventeen games back, and then New Orleans Pelican, and they're in the three four seed. The New Orleans Pelicans are in the eight seed at nineteen games back. So only two games separate fourth and eighth mm-hmm. in the West right now. With six games left to play, you know it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, but with how Oklahoma City's performed, is Paul George out of there?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't think so. I it's it's the first year of a of an experiment. Um, that I don't think has been a total failure. You know, it obviously isn't, um, they're, they're not uh, winning the West with flying colors by any means, but I think I wouldn't be so quick to pass on Paul George. If there's an option there that, you know, you could see the team actually improving. Obviously there, there'll be guys internally that have, you know, seen the the team throughout the season. I expected them to do a lot better, especially with a veteran like Mello uh, as their probably locker room leader. Um, and whatnot, but I, I I see Paul George at least getting a chance. I don't think it's an undoubtedly, um, you know, trade away or, you know, getting rid of a Paul George. So.
1: And then to close out, as it stands right now, like we said, there could be some changing and some movement mm-hmm. with how tight the West is, but Minnesota's seven, the Pelicans are eight. The Warriors would have to play Minnesota if it ended right now. And I think Minnesota has a little bit of an advantage over the Warriors in some aspects. Carl Anthony Towns would, although they've got Draymond Green defending is a beast yeah. Jimmy Butler a beast and then uh, Jeff Teague Jeff Teague and even though you're young I think the Warriors getting Minnesota in the first round that'd be very difficult that'd mm-hmm. be a tough first round matchup yeah.
0: yeah I think it's gonna be tough for the Warriors with you know the drama happening with McCaw um, yeah you, you saw the, the undercut by, the, Carter, by Vince Vince Carter. Carter. Vince Carter that, that was a shit you hate to see it um, I don't
1: think it was intentional though
0: I I it definitely was a dumb move. It, he didn't intentionally hurt him, but it it was a really it, yeah. it, he intentionally did what he did. Yeah. You know, he he didn't know the outcome, but it was a dumb move especially just knowing it's Vince Carter. Yeah. If you know it was like um a rookie or Zaza Pachulia yeah. or something it would have been like, "Oh, he's dumb, whatever. He's yeah. not," but it's like Vince Carter, you've been in the league for 20 years. You you know how this all all works. It, it was just a really uh, dumb mistake. I know? think
1: it's a sign. I think it's a sign that Vince is going to retire. Really, he looked so distraught and upset.
0: He really did
1: afterwards. He's not... McCaw's a young player, yeah. so he,
0: I bet he kind of you know saw like obviously McCaw's not as talented as Vince Carter was, but a little bit like that young. He just yeah. like kind of destroyed a, a young kid. Not saying McCaw's not going to ever play a game. Oh no, yeah. no, but, but yeah, was, he got stretchered out though. Yeah, that, that's that's some that's serious not... stuff.
1: So I think I think you'll see. The end of Vince Carter. Wow. I think that was kind of like the straw. But well, that's well, my opinion. Yeah,
0: but I, I I think just with that and Steph Curry's injury and um, I I don't know. It just seems like a dramatic uh, season for the Warriors. It'll it'll be a, definitely a tough one. I'd still have confidence in them. You know, Kevin Durant's gonna go yeah. uh, playoff mode, um, all in. So I I think they'll make it. But it'll it won't be an easy journey. Even, oh, no. even with the first round. And
1: with the Warriors too, Steph real being in doubt. It it. Opens up a lot for uh, the Rockets and everything. Uh, to kind of close out on NBA talk, the New Orleans Pelicans, for those of you know, DeMarcus Cousins, uh, like, had a, not a torn ACL, but...
0: I think it was a torn was ACL. Was it?
1: Okay, it was a season-ending... Or ending, Achilles. Something like that. And a season-ending injury, and they were riding off the Pelicans. Now, they're only one game ahead of the Nuggets for the eighth spot in the West, but Anthony Davis has been playing like an MVP. Like, if he was playing like this the whole season... I think there's some serious talk about it. And they are sitting basically single-handedly at the 8th spot in the playoffs. And it kind of raises some flags of whether Cousins will come back or not. Um, First of all, I want to know, Brody, do you think the uh, Pelicans, with a one-game lead over the Nuggets with about six games left to go, do you think they'll be able to uh, hold off and get in the 8th spot?
0: Yeah, I I definitely think um, Anthony Davis has the drive. He's obviously... One of the most talented players in the league. I, I think that um, I, I don't think it would be the most bold prediction to say um, upcoming three years. I'd, I'd see AD getting an MVP. An, an MVP. You know, he, he's obviously just such a great talent. Kind of, I think you know all this is coming up because Demarcus Cousins and him had to share the post, which w- wasn't a bad thing at all. Yeah. You know, they were obviously you know putting up playoff numbers, but it's just now you see that individual talent that is AD um, yeah. really shining now.
1: And then, do you think uh, that? cousins will come back seeing this yeah
0: i i think it would be smart for cousins too unless he gets an opportunity that's even more you know that that he knows you know nb players have friends on yeah. different teams if he just like knows he'll have chemistry on a certain team there's a team that you know is really looking for him but i i, th- I think demarcus cousins still uh carries around that reputation of a of a guy that um, you know, you really have to, you know, please him to yeah. to see his uh, full effect out on, on the court and, you know, him putting all his effort out there. And I think we've seen that in, in New Orleans, and I think he's enjoyed it there. He, you know, him and Anthony Davis, um, there were d- questions about them being paired up in the post. But, but I, I think
1: they've messed real well. Yeah,
0: so do I. So I think it would be smart for him to stay unless, you know, he obviously sees something, you know, the Spurs are mm-hmm. looking to, you know, rebuild their um, – Their their, uh, dynasty, you know, once again. So um,
1: you have to talk about that. Kawhi, we've heard rumors of him might be leaving, which I could even imagine. Kawhi, and like it seems like people on the Spurs never leave. Yeah. But he seemed like a spur all the way, kind of quiet, reserved. I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but I would absolutely blow my mind if Kawhi left the Spurs.
0: Yeah, I, I, I couldn't see him really playing anywhere else. Just it seems like him and Greg Popovich, you know, pair so well. Um, because Kawhi isn't a very outspoken guy. Mm-hmm. He just kind of uh, sticks to sticks to his hard work. He he still drives the Chevy Tahoe that he like drove in high school apparently. He's a really humble guy and I think that, that pairs well, you know, he's like the kind of boring Tim Duncan personality yeah. that um I think Greg Popovich, you know, that's probably why he wanted him on the team and it, it works so well. But um, you know, it's it's a shame to see uh, you know, Kawhi really not into it in San Antonio anymore, not really wanting to play, so um, it, it would be weird for him to go, but if that's what he's got to do to further his career, then that's what he's got to do.
1: Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, Bertie, I think it's about time for a, a fun fact.
0: Yeah, so our On This Day in Sports History um, has actually not been found yet. We'll, we'll go with, uh, so, wow, th- this, is a, this is a big one, actually. Um, it's actually not at all. Teddy sharing him. Um, In 1966 the English football player and manager was born in Higgums Park, uh, London. He's an absolute legend of an English football player. Um, but Do really, you actually know who that is? Because I have no I, idea. No, I, I actually have no idea. That's just what popped up. But I, I have another uh, fun fact for today. Uh, it's actually my mom's birthday. Well, happy birthday. Ha- happy birthday, mom. Uh, I, I hope you're, you're listening. But if you're not, it's okay. <laughs> um, but you know, she's a big John Elway fan. She's from Colorado. So I have a, a John Elway fact. He was recruited by 65 different colleges. Oh, you hate to see it. you, you, you love to see it john, 65
1: john, colleges oh yeah to, you, you, uh, you couldn't four, have gone four more colleges yeah, john. I know,
0: but that's still absolutely insane you don't really hear about that too much anymore on um, even with all the social networking and stuff so john always an absolute legend um but yeah that's all we have it for today happy birthday mom
1: and for everyone you know happy easter we hope you had a great time with your family coming down the home stretch last month of the semester and just finish it out strong wildcats uh just thank you everyone who listens and supports Catch us next week, four o'clock on Brilliant Eric Super Sports Show.